Welcome to the Sermon of the Week. Before you begin listening, let me pray that you would encounter God right where you are. Father, I ask that your Spirit would be present wherever people are listening. May they be aware of your presence and receptive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you listen to this week's message.
Y'all know Pastor Jim? Where's Jim? Jim's somewhere in here. See, Pastor Jim, when he preaches, he's very creative. See, I don't even have one prop. I mean, he has like three. Sometimes he has seven or eight props up here. I'm sorry, I'm not that creative like him. Pastor David preaches. He has a lot of information that's put out there. And, you know, I've been told that I'm not a man of many words. That's what people say about me. So my message won't be quite as long, I promise you. In fact, where's Chris Daly? Is he in here somewhere? There he is back there. Chris Daly back there in our last prime class. We had prime. We were doing relationship. And I was just sharing my heart with the group. I'm not very good at very long, deep conversations. And then Chris yells out, are you good at medium conversations? <laughs> I guess he ran into my ADD somewhere in this building, and I'm just, you know, I'm all over the place. 
So uh, I'm short on words here, so my message probably will be a little bit shorter. Uh, but also, now I've told you my weaknesses, my strength is that I'm very good at research. All throughout my collegiate years, every semester, I had two to four research papers that were major part of my grade. And I always did really well on my research papers. So today, as I was preparing, I started researching for this message. I found this terrific theologian. And I mean, he has an astounding revelation about Christmas. And the theologian is Dr. Seuss. And he wrote How the, Chris, <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, I went and borrowed this from my granddaughter's library. So, so I had to go all the way to the library to find this book to get prepared for today, okay? But I do want to read you some quotes from the book because it's pretty powerful. Listen with me. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming at all. It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. Then the Grinch thought, Something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas means something more. Right? Maybe Christmas perhaps means something more. So my message to you today, the title is, Maybe Christmas perhaps can mean something more. All right, that's where we're going today. Now, I do have the writing of another theologian. <laughs> He's, his material is a little more substantial. It's John the Apostle. And so today we're going to read for our text, John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 14. And I want to read through the whole text with you first, okay? And so I'm going to, today I'm going to do some pretty extensive reading of texts and writings. And so I'm going to encourage you to put your phones down, put your listening ears on so you can grab a hold of what's being said today. But I want to read this whole text, uh, <clears throat> which is kind of long. Y'all ready? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Light, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that through him everyone might believe. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. We'll get to that text later. The true light who gives light to every man was coming into the world, John says. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of blood, nor of the desire or will of man, but born of God. And then our last verse. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. 
the glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thanks be to God for his word. Amen. Now, before I get started here this morning, I want to point something out. Mark starts his gospel talking about John the Baptist uh, and how he was saying, prepare the way of the Lord. And then Jesus shows up and gets baptized. All in the first 10 verses of, of his gospel, it's John the Baptist, Jesus gets baptized, that's it. Now, Luke goes a little further And Luke starts talking about John the Baptist's miraculous birth because his parents were old and his mother had been barren all her life. And an angel had to come to Zacharias and say, you're going to your wife's going to bear a child and you're going to name him John. And then the next thing you know, he's talking about the angel Gabriel coming to Mary. And so that's the Christmas story for him. And then we go to Matthew. What does Matthew do in his gospel? He goes a little further back, all the way back to Abraham. (laughs) He starts talking about the genealogy all the way from Abraham all the way to Christ. And then he talks about the miraculous birth of Jesus. John, however, in this text that we're reading, John said, in the beginning. John goes back and takes us into eternity. He takes us not just about the man-child that was born. In the beginning, before all creation, was the Word. In the beginning. Jesus didn't just show up on earth and that was it. No, He was there before creation even came. Before anything was created at all. So He takes us literally into eternity. And this is where He starts His message about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. His first clause, again, takes us into the depths of eternity. His second clause is, and the Word was with God. He starts talking about the communion of Jesus. Jesus is the Word in this text, right? In case you didn't know that. So he's talking about the communion of Jesus with God the Father. And he said he was with God. And then in the end, he says, not only was he with God, he was God. He is God. And then so he's talking about the community of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, before anything was created, they were together. Which is pretty powerful. It's not just Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot Joseph. No, before anything was, he was. Amen? In John 2, 1, 2, he repeats this. Basically, he says he was with God in the beginning. He wants to make sure, I believe John's wanting to make sure that we identify Christ as the creator himself. Not just a man who walked on earth with us. Right? And then he goes on. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Through him literally means all things became into existence through him. Nothing was made that was literally made without him. He was the one creating. Are you with me? And then he says this. He says, in him was life. 
in him was life. Every form of life from the smallest, uh, whatever, I'm losing my word. No, what particles of the earth to the greatest part of the universe, everything, everything was made through him. Amen? From the very beginning. He gives life. He is life. He is life. He doesn't just give life. Thank you, Lord. All forms of life. Again, he's showing how great Jesus really is. Awesome. Powerful. Always has been. Always will be. He's not just a man that walked on this planet. And then he says in verse 4, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. And then skipping to verse 9, he says again, The true light who gives light to every man was coming into the world. This term, the light of man, the light of men, and that means women too, by the way, for those of you that don't know. What is he saying? In him, he's the light of man. Well, if you read it in the context in which it's written, he's talking about creation in this context, right? You could, you could spring off all kinds of ways about the light of man. But in this context, he's talking about creation. Why is light so important in creation? Do you remember Genesis 1? What was the first thing God said? Let there be light. The very first thing from the beginning of let there be light. Do you know without light that we wouldn't even be on this planet? Do you know no photosynthesis is going to happen so that we have oxygen to breathe without light? Crops are not going to grow so that we have substance for our food and the creatures on this planet can eat without light. Light gives us vitamin D. It changes our whole mood and who we are. Light keeps us from the darkness and falling and hurting ourselves. Light is powerful. It warms us. Right? On a cold day, you kind of want to be in the sun. You know, David and I play golf a little bit. <laughs> On a cold day, we're in the sun. On a hot day, we're trying to find the shade. You know, so that light is powerful, right? Are y'all with me? So light is a source of life for us, but Jesus is the source of life for us. By the way, who came up with this whole idea that Jesus is the light of the world? Do you think John wrote that? Who else said that in the Bible? Do you know? Jesus himself. If you look in John chapter 8, verse 12... He's talking about Jesus. He says again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John didn't come up with this. Jesus came up with this. Even in the Old Testament in Psalms 27, he says, he is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Jesus is our light. Praise God. 
By the way, you ever been out walking on a dark night and you can't hardly see where you're going? I go in my garage sometime and it's dark and God knows what I might fall over in there. (laughs) But if you have just the littlest of light, it illuminates your path, right? And I believe Jesus is that light for us as we go through life. You know, we still stumble some, right? But uh, how many times does he protect us, watch over us, illuminates our path so we know where to go so that we don't stumble and fall and get hurt? How many times he illuminates to you which way to go, how to avoid this or that? He is our light. He lights the path that we walk on. Praise God. Okay, and now my favorite verse. Verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I was... I really do do some research (laughs) for my sermons. And so I came across this commentary. It's called uh, McLaurin's Expositions of Holy Scripture. And he wrote about this particular text that we're talking about. And what he wrote was so profound and so beautiful that I just want to read it to you. I can't help it. I'm just going to read it to you because I don't want to mess it up. Again... Put your phones down, put your listening ears on, okay? And listen to this for, just listen for a minute. He says, these four words, the word became flesh, are the foundation of all our knowledge of God, of man, of the relations between them, the foundation of all our hopes, the guarantee of all our peace, the pledge of all our blessedness, He tabernacled among us as the divine glory of old dwelt between the cherubim. So Jesus is among men the true temple, wherein we see a truer glory than the radiant light that was behind the closed doors of the Holy of Holies. Rapturous remembrance rose before John, Apostle John, as he wrote, We beheld His glory. As he told us what he has beheld and seen with his eyes, that we also may have fellowship with him in beholding the glory of God. He is full of grace and truth, perfect love bending to inferiors and sinners, with hands full of gifts and a heart full of tenderness. His grace bestows all that our lowliness needs. His truth teaches all that our ignorance requires. All our gifts and all our knowledge come from the incarnate word. In whom believing, we become children of God. Mm. As I read that, I, I, I just want to fall on my knees and say, yes, God. To the incarnate word of God. That phrase that we've read. The word became flesh. 
It's very profound. But at the same time, it's amazing how God wanted to show Himself to us. God wanted to reveal Himself to us, not by revelation, not by a teaching, but by a person. He came down from the glorious heavens to be with us. To walk with us and talk with us and show us who He is. His love. Who He is. His forgiveness. All the things that we learn from Christ about God the Father. He was the first to say He's my Father. He came to dwell among us and He still dwells among us. He came to dwell among us and He still dwells among us. Are you with me? He is our light. He is our life. And He is our salvation. This Christ who came on Christmas Day didn't just come on Christmas Day. He was there. He was and is and always will be God. Amen? He's not distant or detached. He's close and involved. He walks with us. He weeps with us. He fights for us. He rejoices with us. He empathizes with us. He knows us. He knows us personally. It's the relationship. Not the God way out there, but the God inside here. Whoo! He's there every single day, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through. He's always with you. Thank God for God. This is what John's been telling us. He's telling us how great and awesome our Christ is and that He came and dwelt with us. John's the only one in the Gospels that goes way back and defines who Christ really is. So, I'm going to turn a corner here. You know, Paul in his writings, he's always saying, So therefore, since we have such a wonderful, amazing, marvelous, glorious Father and Son and Holy Spirit in our lives, so then, why not listen to the rest of this text where he talks about John and use it as an example in our own lives? In John 1, verse 6, I skipped over it early for a purpose. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light. So that through him, who? Everyone might believe. Everyone. Is there some clue in this text for us as to how... Maybe Christmas perhaps can be a little bit more. Ooh, there it comes. The glory. The glory is coming, baby. <laughs> See, the funny thing about it is... I don't know how to personal. I was not a very good kid. Let's just say that. Until I got born again. But even in my wicked state, you know what? 
during the Christmas time, somehow there's just this spirit of joy in the air. There's this spirit to give. It's just in the, in the air during Christmas time, right? And so maybe in this time, it's a great time to testify about the light. To testify about the God who came to dwell among us and still dwells among us. It's a great opportunity during the Christmas holidays to share the light of Christ. The light that dwells in you, right? He's in you, but we got to let him out of us, right? And so it's a perfect time to say what Christmas is all about. Now, when I speak, usually I like to leave something with you that's practical, Something you can take home, something you can think about, something you can do. So today, here I go again. I want to share with you a little strategy, excuse me, about sharing about Christ during the holidays. Here's my strategy. Number one is listen. You know, there's all these conversations about Christmas. You got your tree up. Do you have all your gifts? Is all the family coming? All these conversations about Christmas. And we just kind of say, yeah, um, you know, at least me. I don't have many words, so. <laughs> but if we stop and really listen to what people are saying at the water fountain at work, at the teacher's lounge at school, or wherever we are with walking and bumping into neighbors, if we really stop and listen for a minute, most people are saying their frustrations. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got a party tonight. I got to bake a ham. You know, it's all these things you got to do, right? I, gotta, I talked to my neighbor just this week, and he said, I haven't even bought a present yet. And he's got four kids. I was like, dude, you better get on the ball. <laughs> I missed a good opportunity right there. Uh, but, it's a, but allow the Holy Spirit to, for us to slow down some. We have to slow down. I'm a doer. So I'm, I'm running. I'm doing. And somebody says, yeah, I don't have my Christmas tree. Too bad, dude. I'm running. I'm doing. You know. Stop. Listen. Really listen. Show that you're interested in what they're talking about. Oh, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it's a lot going on. I understand. I got my ham from Aldi. They have a good price down there, by the way. No. <laughs> a little advertisement for Aldi. No. <laughs> and listen. And then after you listen, here's my, here's my tip. Ask them two questions. The first question is this. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Why would I say that? You get permission. I learned that as a chaplain in the marketplace. When I ask somebody, do you mind if I ask you a question? And they say, sure. Then I have their permission to ask them the question. And then you can say, what does Christmas mean to you? What is it, what is it all about? I mean, you can use any question you'd like to use, and it's according to the person and the flow. Hopefully, you're a little more creative, but what does Christmas really mean to you? Is it about 
packages and boxes and tags and gifts and stores and food and family. What is it really about? But then when you ask the question, see, most of us, uh, I'm a huge fan of Stephen Covey, by the way. And he says, in, you know, in his book, First Seek to Understand Before Being Understood, we want to answer the question before they even answer the question. We, we have an answer in our head already, what we want to say to them. So just stop and listen, even if it's silent for a minute. Let them get out what they really are thinking about Christmas. Well, it's so busy. Oh, I got to, it's about family. It's a, well, can I share with you a testimony about my own life? You know, before 1976, when I got saved, my Christmas was all about that too. But you know what? The light of Christ came into my life one Christmas, and I discovered what Christmas was really about. Can I share that with you? Or you could share something about your own life going on, but begin to focus them on the real reason for Christmas. And then maybe, just maybe, instead of it just being a holiday, it can become a holy day for them. Amen? Maybe someone you reach by listening, by asking a couple questions, and then continuing to ask the Holy Spirit to lead your conversation. Maybe you could lead someone to Christ this year. Right? right? Look at our next verse. <clears throat> oh, well, let me, I'm skipping something here. I want you to know that you can be a little more pushy during the holiday season. About the gospel, right? I'm not saying be rude, obnoxious. I'm not saying that. But there's, there's this presence in the air. People are more open and God can use you to change human hearts. Paul said this in Romans. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God. Why? Why is he not ashamed of it? Because it is the very power of God to bring salvation. Why are we ashamed of the gospel? This great and awesome, mighty, wonderful, glorious God that we've been talking about all morning, why would we be ashamed to talk about him? I mean, it just baffles my mind, right? We'll talk about the Panthers, how awful they are. No, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, we'll, we'll talk about anything. We'll talk about the gifts we're shopping for. We'll talk about our trees. But what about talking about God who dwells with us? The God who came from heaven, who lives within us. This light and this life and this salvation that I have in me that changes me. It daily changes me if I'm in tune with him. Why would we be ashamed to share that? And so I want to encourage you. The last text from our scripture here is John 1.12. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There is nothing that you could share or buy for anybody in, in your world this Christmas holiday than sharing the light of Christ. And hopefully, maybe, It'll become a holy day for them instead of just a holiday. Let's stand together. <clears throat> I want to encourage you this morning. 
I want to encourage you uh, to do something about this. Not just hear a good word and say, oh, that's sweet. I like that. That's good. No, but would you take a moment and just begin to think to yourself for a minute, Lord, who can I share this testimony of what you've done in my life with? What coworker? What person in my neighborhood? What, what person that I bump into regularly? What family member needs to hear this? And begin to think that maybe, perhaps, Christmas can be a little bit more. More than just boxes and tags and gifts and ribbons and all these things that we make it. More than just presents from a store. That's not what it's about. But you know what? Honestly, I'm, I'm just trying to be honest. As believers... I think a lot of times the holiday is just a holiday for us too, if we're not careful. We just get wrapped up, and there's nothing wrong with any. I love family. I love presents. I love doing all of that. But do we just totally make it all about that and forget what it's really about? I don't want to keep beating the drum. There's a reason for the season, but I am. There's a reason for it. And that reason changed me. <laughs> mm. Can God use you to maybe be somebody that changes somebody else's life during this holiday season? So, Father, we come before you. First of all, we worship you. In the beginning, you were. All things are created by you and through you, and nothing was made without you. Without you, we wouldn't even have life. But when we get born again of the Spirit of God, you change us, you rearrange us, you come and live within us. You commune with us, Lord. And so, Lord, help us to help others who don't know you to know what it's like to have the God who came to dwell with us dwell in them, that they might become children of God. We ask you, Lord, to help us to purpose, not just think about it, but purpose to do something about it. Help me, God. I come to you now. Help me to purpose. By the way, December 16th, we're going out to, with the Dream Center. And we're going to, if you go online, look up the Dream Center, go on our email and look there. We're going to, to hand out gifts to the poor on that Saturday for a few hours. Uh, there's... They need people to take care of the kids. They need people to sell the toys. It's been on our list for a little while. I want to encourage you, if you haven't and you'd like to do it, to sign up right away to do that. But find avenues to reach out to some people and share the very message of Christmas that Christ came. Amen. 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 
Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. If you live in the Charlotte area, we encourage you to worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. We encourage you also to give to this ministry so we can continue spreading the gospel to our city and throughout the world. You can go to our website at missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.